This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to have all the elements. I want to have the second dress. I want to have like the cool shoes. I want to have the beautiful place settings. I want to have the beautiful stationery. Like I love that stuff. But then I had to realize it's not free and it is only one day of my life. Sometimes you have to have like a morning period of what you thought your wedding might have been and what it's actually going to be. And it's something that I definitely went through. I mean, I see a lot of my bachelor friends and their weddings and all the things that they were able to have. I would love to have those things, but it's actually not realistic for us. Let's take a breath. <sighs> Hi guys, I'm Sydney Lodwaco and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I share the mic with people you may recognize, experts in their fields, people I find inspirational, or people who make me laugh, like my fiance Nick, giving them a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is actually going to be my first solo episode, so I'm kind of nervous, but I just got so many questions over the past year and a half of what I've been doing for my wedding, wedding planning, what I learned, what has worked, what hasn't worked how to do it, where to start, so many questions throughout this year and a half that we've been engaged. So I thought it would be smart to just put it all in one place, have a solo episode and answer your guys' questions, talk through my experience and help out in any way that I can. So we've been engaged since December, 2021, I think if my math is correct. And I think when I first started wedding planning, it's all very exciting and you kind of fall into two different categories. Either you're the type of bride that has been thinking about her wedding day since childbirth or since that concept was something that you knew about, or you're the type of person that never really thought about it at all. And I think I fell in maybe the in-between where in the back of my mind, I always wanted a wedding. I always wanted to get married. I always wanted that magical fairy tale thing. I mean, one of my favorite shows has always been Say Yes to the Dress. I loved all of those types of shows. So it was something I thought about, but it wasn't something I was like, my wedding has to be exactly like this. This is the vision I've had since I've been a kid. None of that narrative. Um, So when I started out, I think generally I have a good sense of the things I like, my aesthetic for lack of a better term, and I'm usually pretty good about making decisions my fiance may say otherwise, but I feel like I have a good grasp on what it is that I like, what my style is, and how to make a decision between things. So I didn't have fear around that, but I think 
what I realized from that point of starting to the point that I'm at now is that a lot will change. And there can be a lot of people that can change your mind throughout the process because you'll see really cute videos. You'll see things that are viral. If you go on TikTok for five seconds, you'll get 20 videos that are like, here are the 20 things that you need at your wedding or here is exa- here's how to make your wedding not suck. You have to think about your guests and all of these content videos that we've all seen that are really cute and really great. But when you get them all the time and you're bombarded with this process of planning, it's overwhelming. And I've had many ups and downs because I've been planning for so long that I've gone through, I think, every iteration of emotions with planning. I've gone from being obsessed with it and making it my whole life and only being able to think about planning and waking up in the middle of the night and trying to jot down ideas that I came up with in my dreams. Like that part of it, I've gone through the like, I'm just ignore the fact that I'm planning a wedding right now. I'm going to try and think about other things and just leave it because it's still so far away and I can't keep thinking about it. Or I've gone through the like emotions of it where you realize no one cares about it as much as you do. Not even probably your fiance. Like they're just wanting to show up and marry you and they're excited about the day, but they're they don't really care about all like what color the pots are or what color your napkins are or all of those little details that if you're like me, you care a lot about. So then you take it on yourself and you just realize, okay, well, if I want it to look the way I want it to look, then I'm just going to have to do all of this myself. And that becomes very overwhelming and kind of sad. And you realize it's not the most magical day ever to everyone. And obviously it shouldn't be, but you realize that not everyone's going to be as excited about your wedding day as you are. And then you just got to let go of that and be okay with it and just keep focusing on what you've been doing. So I hope that this episode, and we'll go through like what my planning process has been, what I've learned throughout the process. I hope it will be helpful. I've listened to many podcasts about wedding planning. Big fan of Betches Brides, especially towards the beginning of wedding planning for me. I don't, I can't say that I like it as much anymore, maybe because I've listened to way too many episodes or maybe because I've gotten to a point with wedding planning where I just have to stick to the original plan and stop getting other people's advice. Um, But when I originally started planning, it was super helpful and it's great for ideas and their podcast is awesome. So highly recommend that as a resource. But I just want to help and offer maybe ideas or things that I've learned or unlearned during the process of wedding planning and offer it to you in case that is something that's happening for you in the future, something that you're doing right now, or you just really like to hear about wedding planning like a lot of people I've realized do. Um, It's definitely the main question that I get asked all the time and it is really, really exciting. But I also don't wanna be that person that's like, you must do this, you have to do this. So just take everything with a grain of salt and if you find something that works for you, awesome. And if not, that's fine too. When I started out planning, I thought I would be a chill bride, I guess I I thought I could be that. I hoped that I could be that. And I quickly learned that, that I'm not a chill bride, even though I wasn't the bride that like had my set wedding plan from the age of six. It doesn't mean that that person doesn't take over somewhere along the way. It's crazy how fast it happens. You go into it and you're like, oh, I, I'm going to have a great day. It's going to be beautiful, but I'm not going to make it my entire life. I'm not going to obsess over it. I am not going to compare myself to other brides or other weddings. I'm not going to do that. And then quickly something happens along the way and that all goes out the window and you do all the things. I'm not going to say I'm I'm a bridezilla, but I also know that I care deeply about things that probably don't really matter that much. And I'm acknowledging that. Um, 
but that's how that's who I am and that's where we're at. But where I started with the process, I've been very lucky throughout the entire planning process because I've been pretty much doing it myself. I do have a friend that is in the city where we're getting married. We're getting married in Virginia. And she is, she's not necessarily a wedding planner, but she's worked for a venue for years and she's like a wedding coordinator in a way, but she also helps with the planning. And she knows a lot about one wedding planning and two, the area that we're getting married in. So that has been super helpful. So we are not using a wedding planner. We haven't used a wedding planner, but we do have a day of coordinator, which I highly recommend because I have a friend in the process. I've been able to contact her constantly and just talk through ideas with her or she's helped me answer a lot of the questions that I've had that are just like specific details of things that you don't necessarily think about until you get into the process of planning. So if you don't have someone like that and it is seeming overwhelming and you don't really know where to start and you don't know what to do, I would say if you can hire a planner or because they're going to help you along the way, they're going to help you with scheduling, they're going to help you with contracts, they're going to help you figure out vendors, they're going to help you figure out what to worry about, what not to worry about. They know little tricks of the trade because they've been doing this for so long. So if you have someone that already is like that in your life or you have like a very type A bride that's done exactly the same thing that you want to do for your wedding then you probably don't need one. But if you don't have that, I would recommend probably having some sort of a planner and definitely recommend a day of coordinator. Not that I have had my wedding yet, but because if you think of a wedding, I think of it almost like a show in a way because I've done a lot of shows in my life. That's just something that I can relate to and that I understand. You need to have someone that's going to run the show, right? If there's no one running the show, there's no one like running the ship, then it's going to be you. Because you're the only one that knows all the details. You're the only one that knows everyone there. You're the only one that knows all the vendors because you're the one that's hired all these people. So I would recommend having a day of coordinator of some sort. I wouldn't recommend it being your friend because you need someone that you can level with and not really care how your relationship's going to be after. Um, and even with having a day of coordinator set up, um, I've still reached out to them to get certain questions answered. So that has been helpful. I don't know whether I'm supposed to be doing that or not, but I just have been and just been emailing them randomly throughout the process. Like, hey, where do I find this? Or do you have any vendor lists for hair and makeup or just random questions like that? Even though they're not our planner, I know that they are very, they know a lot about the industry. It's easy just to shoot a question over to them. I'm sure they don't mind too much. I've done it within reason. And originally when I hired my day of coordinator, she's actually one of, she used to be our neighbor. <laughs> um, she's one of my mom's friends. She used to be our neighbor. So we at least like knew of her. We knew that she did great work. We had an initial meeting with her. She was like one of the first vendors I think we met with, which I would recommend doing that towards the beginning. So you have an idea of who's going to be there on your day. And they are great at pointing you in the direction of which vendors to choose. But originally when we had hired her, we were like, okay, my strengths are, I'm really good at aesthetic. I'm good at design. I'm good at picking things out. I'm good at like the feel and the vibe of a wedding, like the creative side of it. I'm not so great with contracts or um, finding like logistical things. So our plan with her was to have her handle the transportation and where people would stay, those kind of like logistical factors. But I have also noticed with her being my day of coordinator and not my actual planner, she's been extremely difficult to get a hold of. And I hear that's a common thing among wedding vendors. They just, they just don't get back right away. Um, I think maybe if she was at my actual planner, she would have been a little bit more quick with the emails and things like that. So that is something to think about too when you're deciding whether or not to have a planner or not. 
if you want someone to be on your team throughout the whole process, then I would recommend it because when they're just their your day of coordinator, they don't have to worry about you until like a month before the wedding. So, or a couple, not even that, like a couple weeks before the wedding and the day of. So you're not going to be their first priority if you're just hiring them for the day. So that is also something that kind of is a bummer. But we originally were like, okay, I'll have you, I'll, we made our own little package. We're like, you'll be the day of coordinator, but we also would like to outsource you for figuring out transportation and where people can stay and things like that. Cause I am not, I don't live where we're getting married. It would have been easier. My mom didn't really understand how to figure that out. So we were like, we'll hire you for that. And then she was really hard to get hold of. And I ended up just doing it myself because I'm a psycho and I just started like obsessing over Airbnbs and Verbos and just making an insane list on our wedding website. So we're not using her for that anymore. And she's just a day of coordinator, but there's ways to finagle it if you want them for certain things, but not the entire wedding planning process. So figure out what it is that your strengths are from the very beginning. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Then, you know, you can focus on these things because you're really good at these things. And then the things that you're not really good at, you can outsource for those. And then finding vendors is interesting. Um, And sometimes you have to just go with your gut on things. I am getting married in a place. It's a very, very small town. So there's not a lot of vendors. There's not a lot of options. There's like two options of everything. So that has helped me with figuring out what to choose. I have an A and a B. I don't have like 50 million options, which can be overwhelming. I would say what's helped for me is once you figure out what your venue is, they usually have a vendor list or your wedding planner or coordinator will have a vendor list of people they've worked with that they trust, that they work well with, that work well in your venue. They're going to have a list. So I would go from that list first. And then from there for things like hair and makeup, I utilize Instagram. Gotta love it. Um, so if you know someone that's been married in your area, I would maybe go stalk their wedding on Instagram or if you maybe an influencer has been married at your wedding venue or just go to your wedding venue and see what their tag photos are and see who the brides because everyone tags their vendors, which is a really nice thing about weddings is that everyone is tagging them on Instagram or TikTok or, what, or whatever. So I would say figure out your venue, go to the venue, see what their lists are, then see if you can't find something from there, then go to their tag photos, then stock people. And then I actually reached out to a lot of people from high school that are not necessarily, they're not necessarily invited to the wedding. We're friendly. We're not like best friends, but I, I felt like it would be fine for me to reach out to them for these types of questions. I feel like people want to help. And if you don't live in the area that you're getting married, it's helpful to use any resources that you have. That way you have like recommendations from people or you know it's worked for them or you like their style or you liked how their wedding looked, I would reach out to them. So use whatever resources you have to figure those things out. And then it's a matter of budget and your gut feeling. Like I asked everyone I reached out to for as many photos as I possibly could get a hold of. 
So I would cold email a vendor and be like, hey, I'm really interested in hiring you. My budget is looking something like this. Wanted to know what you offer, what packages you have, and any photos that you could send me that of your work. Because sometimes their websites don't have a lot of photos or they're not really great on social media, so they don't have a lot of pictures. So I would just be like, can you send me photos of this? For example, with our florist, I was like, I want all white flowers. I want it to be very classic. Can you send me any wedding photos that have something similar to that style? So that's helped me to kind of narrow it down. And then from there, what works with our budget? Budget. Before you do anything, we all know that this is something that needs to be talked about. And when we had our official meeting with our wedding planner, wedding coordinator, we were like, okay, level with us. What is an average cost of a wedding? these days. And she gave us a number, which money is all relative. Let's just say that it's all relative. And everyone has different ideas of what things should cost. Her number she gave us was 30,000, which, you know, sounds like it's a lot of money. So that was a number that we had in our heads that was like, okay, well, weddings average cost 30,000. So let's just keep that in mind for when we're budgeting. So we thought, okay, 30,000. So that means my mom's going to give this much money. I'm going to give this much money. Nick's going to give this much money and his parents are going to give this much money and we'll be fine. Um, but quickly, I don't know what happened along the way. It was just, I was like, great, hiring vendors, doing my thing. It adds up so fast. Where that $30,000 number, we passed it with like five vendors. So I don't want to give anyone a specific number of what things cost. I would do a lot of research. I would, I would have, I should have asked more people on what the average wedding cost and what that inclu- included. Cause we just asked her for an average number and we didn't ask her for what an average wedding cost with like all of these vendors that we wanted or all of these things that we wanted. We just asked her like, what's the average cost of a wedding? So that was my first mistake. So I think what I would recommend knowing that information now is to do a lot of research, ask a lot of vendors on what they've seen as the average cost or any vendors that you already have. I would just do a lot of like questioning things and asking. And if there's someone, if you have a friend that is really open about money, sometimes you have to like pick and choose your people who you're going to ask that question to because it is it is a sensitive topic for people. Ask them what their average is, what you should be expecting. So then you can decide, oh, is this is this going to work for us? Do we have enough money set aside? Do we need to elope? Like that is a the first thing you need to figure out and do that for where you're getting married because it's very different from place to place. You'll see a lot of TikTok videos or Instagram posts of like the average cost of wedding these days. And that's great, but that's not specific to where you're getting married. That's not specific to all the rules that are if it's going to be very different from a wedding that's being planned in Paris than a wedding that's being planned in your grandpa's backyard, you know? So figure out all of that information and then figure out who's paying for what. And then make your spreadsheet because that'll be your holy Bible for the entire year or however long you're planning. And then what we did is we had our $30,000 average, which obviously we've overpassed now, but we took that and we divided it out by like what average vendors cost. And I used my friend for this. I was like, okay, what's generally how much does lighting cost? How much does do tables cost like all these things that you just don't know the answers to figure that out so that you have an idea of like going in to talk to these people or email these people so you can be like okay well I know I have this much money allotted for this vendor so that way they can't highball you or you can negotiate with them 
from the beginning. And I, we didn't negotiate a lot. Maybe we could have negotiated more if I had a wedding planner and she knew more, but we didn't. We did for some people though. And then some people I was like, this is my highest number I can go. Cause I got, once I was over budget, I had to like really reel it in. So for example, like I would go to my florist and I was like, here's what I would like, but I would also like to stay below this number. So can you please do that? And what can we, how, what can we work within this number? I would stick to your guns on that when you're emailing people and be like, this is what we would like to spend. That doesn't work for them. Can they recommend other people or other vendors that work within that budget or something or are willing to work with that? Also, I am not a financial advisor whatsoever, but I highly recommend getting a credit card for wedding expenses. This is a big trend or people have like recommended this a lot. So do your research on what's going to work for you, but you're going to be able to use all of those points because you're spending a frick ton of money on wedding planning. So to have that credit card from the beginning, I got it a little late in the game. So I wish I had gotten in a little bit earlier, but we used our our credit card points to book our flights for our honeymoon and flights are insane right now. So you got to use everything that you can. That's my second thing I would do. I would figure out my budget, get the credit card, start putting everything that you can, like deposits, all of that onto that credit card. I would also think about like what airline you, you are using and um, where you're planning on going to decide what credit card you need and what works for you. But again, I'm not going to give advice on that because I don't know. But that was helpful because then you get all these points from the money that you're spending to book things like your hotel and your flights. One of the best pieces of advice that my friend gave me about vendors was to figure out one, what's most important to you and two, what vendors can't be in two places at once. So for example, vendors that can't be in two places at once would be like your photographer or your videographer if you're having one or like your caterer if your venue doesn't have one, things like that. So Vendors that can only be at your wedding on your wedding day, and that's it. DJ. Um, so the bigger vendors that are very important that you want to get from the beginning because A, you know that you want them, or B, you know that they can only work your wedding day. And I would say the sooner to do things, the better. The only problem with that, though, is that we had hired a band at the beginning because I thought, oh, I want a band. We went to Ben Higgins' wedding. They had an incredible band who I reached out to and was quickly humbled by how much they cost. But we thought we thought we wanted to have a band. I love that experience. I do love live music. I am a performer at heart. I get it. And I wanted to have that for our wedding. And we booked that from the beginning. Um, but when we went over budget, that was the first thing that went. That was the only way where I could figure out how to save money. The problem with that is you usually can't get your deposit back. So that's just something to think about. For that, we were able to work something out with that vendor where now we're having live ceremony music for the deposit that I gave them. And instead of having a band and now we booked a DJ. So that was an unfortunate loss of money, but it did end up working out, I think, for the best. So just know that when you're booking someone, you probably can't get out of it. So just be very sure, but also book as quickly as possible. So then once you figure out your bigger vendors, you can kind of fill in the rest from there. I say I would say the people that are hard that you wouldn't think would be hard to figure out would be hair and makeup actually was really difficult for me to figure out. I did a lot of Instagram stalking and a lot of reaching out and a lot of people were not available. So that seems to be something that's very popular. If you reach out to someone and they're not available, say you really like their work, ask them if they have any other recommendations for, for people that have similar work to them. Maybe they have an assistant or a friend in the industry or something like that that are similar to the style of theirs. That's how I found my makeup artist because she gave me a list of like three people to reach out to and one of the girls was available. So 
don't be afraid to ask for other options. I mean, if they're not available, uh, that's how we found our videographer as well. We The girl we really wanted wasn't available. So she gave me a list of like five people. So that was very helpful and generous. Not everyone's going to be like that, but I would recommend trying at least to get different options. And then from there, I would make your guest list because that is going to be the easiest way for you to save money or the best way for you to understand how much things are going to cost realistically is how many people are physically going to be there. And the guest list was very hard for us. Um, We originally were given the advice to have an A list of people, like people that have to be there, and then a B list of people. So secondary people you can kind of fill in when the A list starts to say no. We tried that method at first, but it was awkward a little bit because people aren't going to be saying no to not coming until like a month before the wedding. So I don't know, just like sending out a random last minute invite felt a little weird to us. So we ended up not going that route and we invited pretty much everyone on the list, which was, I don't recommend doing that because it's a lot of people, but because of where our venue is and how small the area is and kind of difficult to get to, we understand that a lot of people may not, are probably not going to be able to make it. We were just hoping kind of everything would work out. TBD on that, we're still waiting on some RSVPs, but I would definitely try to tailor down as much as you can. The biggest problem for us and I'm sure a lot of people experience this, is how many freaking cousins everyone has. So if you're inviting cousins, your wedding list is going to be huge. So I guess figure out what's really important to you guys. Like, do you want it just to be very small and intimate and just your friends? Or do you want it to be like a huge thing? I heard Greek weddings are like 500 people. Like, whoa, that's amazing. Um, Someone was talking about it the other day. Like their wedding was like 350 people. I was like, holy shit. I don't know how you did that, but... That's amazing. Um, We ended up inviting cousins on my side because I had just been to my cousin's wedding and it was really nice to get everyone together. And we did hang out a lot when we were growing up. So for us, I, it was fine for me to invite my cousins, but then I knew I couldn't invite as many friends as I wanted to. So it's like a give and take, figure out what is important to you. And it's, you have to have a lot of hard conversations when, I mean, it brings up a lot of family drama from the beginning. There's like, Everyone has family drama. We all know it. We've all experienced it. But that's the one thing that came up is family members that we don't talk to anymore or things that have happened. We had to kind of navigate that. And that was super uncomfortable and super interesting. So I think there's really no way around it. It's, it is what it is. It's hard to do that. But I think be a little cutthroat with the guest guest list if you can, if you're trying to save money, because that's the best way to do that. And then you can get an idea of how much things are really going to cost, because usually it's by head, because you have to think everyone has to have a seat, everyone has to eat. Usually the caterer has that number of like, based on how many people they're feeding, it costs this. So it's going to be different for everyone. So I don't want to give you a number. But once you pick, when you pick your caterer out, I would ask them how much a person per person costs so you have a better idea. One of the best resources for guest lists and organizing all that information was the website Postable. It's super easy, it's free. You create this like link for yourself and we literally just copy and pasted this link to our friends and we're like, hey, can you fill this out? And they get to fill out their email address, their address, all that information and it goes straight to like your little guest book. That website has been absolutely freaking amazing. So I highly recommend it. I'll link it below in the show notes. We put our guest list all on our website. So we're not doing like the mail-in and uh, RSVPs. We're doing the digital ones. 
just because I wanted it all to be one thing. I didn't want to have like some digital, some paper. I didn't want to spend that much more money on paper. And we're in a digital world. So I use the QR code. Whether that's super aesthetic, I don't know, but that's what we used. And you can make a QR code very easily on, I'll find the link and I'll put it below, but very easy to make a QR code and we utilize that a lot. And then as far as how many people got invited, I know this is tricky with having like your parents paying for most of the wedding or whatever way you're breaking it up or your your fiance's parents. We kind of did like 80-20. So Nick and I got 80% and my parents and Nick's parents got 20%. Kind of worked out. I don't know, it's kind of it's become a mishmash. But like my idea at the beginning was like, I get 60, Nick's get, Nick gets 60, my parents get 15, and then whatever number is left over, we wanted around 150. So that way I had a number that I got to invite the people that I wanted to invite with my number, Nick got his own. And again, that was the, like the grand idea at the beginning. It has gone away from us. We ended up inviting more people. I think it is going to work out because a lot of people are not willing to do the travel which we understand i almost wish we had had more of an intimate wedding but that's hard to know from the beginning i mean you only get the one chance at this hopefully and you want to have all the people that you care about or the people that have meant something to you in your life so it's hard to really narrow that down and be cutthroat because it's people that you care about so looking back i would have made it a little bit more intimate but hindsight is twenty twenty, you know um but i also i think by the way, the guest list is going now. I think it's going it's going to be like a good number because of where our venue is. We have a really interesting situation. So if you have a lot of people that are in town and can make it, I would then be more cutthroat because then you're going to have everyone there and you're going to be overwhelmed if you have way too many people and you have to pay for all these people to eat. Also with budgeting, I think it's helpful to get rid of unnecessary expenses. So really figure out what matters to you. For me, it was lighting. I wanted the wedding to feel really romantic and like magical. And for me, what would do that is lighting. I also grew up a performer. I understand the importance of good lighting and I love a good dim light and I love all of those elements. Plus, I like that you can utilize lighting to kind of shift the mood of the event and go from one thing to the next by like raising the light or dimming them. So working with things like that, like if you think about in your rest, if you're in a restaurant and it gets to be that certain hour of the night and the lights just dim and it creates this like moody ambiance. I love that. So my thing I really wanted was great lighting and lighting is really freaking expensive. So more of my money went to lighting. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna have to dial back on the flowers. I'm about to be like cutthroat about the flowers. I'm utilizing a lot of greenery because that is cheaper. I wanted fresh flowers. I know some people recommend like silk flowers and things like that. One, I didn't want to DIY flowers. That's not something I wanted to even begin to try and do. Um, And we are working with a really great florist who's very like small and local and she grows her own flowers and it's so cute. So she's been really chill and able to... um, work within our budget, thank God. So I guess really like figure out what your thing is and stick to it and know that you're going to throw your money at that and know that you can dial back on the other things. We're not doing favors. We are not doing like hotel welcome bags. People can buy their own Advil if they need to buy them. They can get their own water. Like they're cute and they make for great TikToks, but like I don't think really anyone cares that much. So we're getting rid of those. Um, Like I told you, we're getting rid of our band having a DJ and we're DIYing quite a bit. Um, a lot of the decorations we are DIYing. And I'm a DIY girl at heart. I love a craft. Um, Nick is really good with his hands. And that, I would say, is one of our strengths. If that is not one of your strengths, then outsource. 
by all means. Utilize places like Etsy. Websites like that are amazing. There's so many wedding websites of people reselling things. Utilize those websites. I don't know all of them, um, but there's so many. Facebook Marketplace, there's so many places where you, I'm sure people are selling things because what the heck do you do with this stuff after your wedding, you know? And because our venue is kind of bare bones, we have to bring in a lot, which made us have to DIY everything. So I meant to say this at the beginning, when you're picking your venue, figure out what type of bride you are. Are you the DIY bride? Are you the girl that's going to want to be up late at night crafting things? Were you that girl in school? Or are you the girl that's like, nah, I'd rather save my money and get someone else to do it. I like, I want to just pick from an option A and an option B and have everyone be there. Then make sure your venue matches that. Our venue is so bare bones that we have to bring in tables. We have to bring in, I have to buy vases and candles. I have to bring in forks and knives and chairs and lighting. Like literally every little thing I have to bring in, which for me, I do love and it's been super fun and it's let me be really creative and create this world. I'm almost doing like a fixer-upper situation. So that's been fun for me. I like that. If you don't like that, make sure your venue has everything that you want. Because I think honestly, it ends up costing about around the same. Because at, at first you see the number for those venues that have everything. They have the caterer, they have the glasses, they have the alcohol, they have the chairs, they have the tables. You see that number and it's like, holy shit, how does anything cost that much? And then you see the number I got for my venue and I was like, oh, that's a steal. We're doing so good. And then you realize you have to freaking rent everything. And you're like, what the hell happened to my budget? So those are some things to really keep in mind when you're literally picking out where you're getting married. Because I love a good backyard wedding, but you're going to have to bring everything there. Like you're going to have to rent it all. So, And you usually have to get other things that you wouldn't even think of like venue insurance. So another thing to kind of keep in mind. So then once you have all of your vendors, everything's set and ready to go, and you're sending out invites and this thing's happening and, you're, and it's gotten real, I would really make sure you have your wedding website and all of the details like locked and loaded because people are going to ask questions or people are not going to ask questions or people are just not going to read stuff. And that's super annoying. But I would have all of that information like so locked, loaded on the website so you can just be like, go to the website, all the information's there. And then you, if you really want to have like certain people come, it makes them, it makes it a lot easier for them to like look at your website, figure out where they're going to stay, how much it's going to cost for them. Is it reasonable or not? Um, if you have all of that set for them, so when they get your little save the day or your invite, you they can go to the website and plan that for themselves. So have that done before you send anything else. Um, I know that's kind of hard to do, but I think that saved us a lot and we'll hopefully get more people there because they can go and be like, oh, I can stay here. I've never been to this place before. I don't know anything about it, but she's created this really cool list of things and it looks really fun for us. And I think this would be a really fun vacation. Like we'll, we'll go to their wedding, stuff like that. So have that set. We use the website Joy and I work with them with through social media, but they're incredible. I love their site. It's a very like streamlined and they're very like technologically forward, I would say. They have an app and they've helped us a lot with the planning process of like figuring out what to tell people, how to link everything to your site. Everything for us is just all on that website. So highly recommend a really good website. And then I think once like you're in it, you're sending things out, you're planning, it's a lot of managing expectations. And I mean, my like my own expectations. I wanted this very extravagant wedding and I am somewhat of like a social media 
I'm not some, I am a social media person. I, it's hard for me to call myself an influencer, but I do have like that as part of my reality. And I think whether you're an influencer or not, you're going to feel the pressure of social media and what a wedding is quote unquote supposed to look like or what you're supposed to have at your wedding. And I had a hard time living in both worlds. I want to have all the elements. I want to have the second dress. I want to have like the cool shoes. I want to have the beautiful place settings. I want to have the beautiful stationery. Like I love that stuff. But then I had to realize, do I want to pay for all this? It's not free. And it is only one day of my life. I, I am very like an obsessive person, but it actually is only one day. So like, do you want to spend all this money on something that people truly are not going to care about? It's just something to think about. And that can be a letdown that like sometimes you have to have like a morning period of what you thought your wedding might have been and what it's actually going to be. And I think that's okay. And I think that's normal. And it's something that I definitely went through. I mean, I see a lot of my bachelor friends and their weddings and all the things that they have, like were able to have. And I'm like, I would love to have those things, but it's actually not realistic for us. And you know what? That's okay. When it becomes about all the ex journal things and what's look what looks really cool or what's going to get you on brides instagram or what's going to get you on carrots and cake or whatever the other freaking handles are you know maybe that it really does not matter i mean it's cool for like a hot second you get a viral video you get a lot of likes and then no one cares so if you're going to spend all your money in hopes for that to happen it's really not going to be worth it at the end of the day and Again, we it's very easy to forget what your wedding's actually about. It's about you and your partner coming together, your family's coming together, and how special that is and a moment of your life that you've been waiting for for a long time. So try to reshift your focus back to that, which is what helped me when I had those letdowns, when I had those moments of like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to have the cool things like she has, or I can't afford that designer dress or all these like different outfits. That sucks. But you know what? That's fine. It's going to be perfect no matter what, because it's me and my partner getting married and all the people that we love who are meant to be there will be there. And at the end of the day, that is truly what matters. And for us too, that was also, I've said this on here before, but we wanted this huge bachelor, bachelorette party. We thought it'd be really cool to combine our two friend groups and have all the guys and their significant others and all the girls and their significant others and then me and my fiance all in one this on this one big trip but shit is expensive <laughs> and things cost a lot of money and I would love to be the bride and groom who can go to like Tulum for their bachelorette and like have all these crazy things but realistically I'm not and I don't expect my bridal party to be that either so that was a letdown and I would love to have like the crazy bachelorette party and do the themes and but honestly it's fine I'm 31 and I realized too I've been to other bachelorettes before and they're not that fun they really aren't I mean I didn't have that much fun maybe they are fun I just haven't been the right ones but they're just a lot <laughs> and there's a lot of emotions and you're dealing with a lot of different personalities and a lot of people that don't know each other and it can get it can go weird really fast so I think it's possible. I think you can do it. But for us, we were like, we got to cut money here. We need to be realistic. Maybe we don't have this huge bachelor bachelorette party. Maybe we just have a night out with our friends in town. You know, maybe when I was 22, I would have died to have this big bachelorette party and 
had the themes, but now that I'm 31, I'm like, eh, I don't want the hangover, you know? I'm still gonna do something and I think you can do things that work or like are smaller if you still wanna have something. But if you can do the Tulum cruise thing, all of that, do it. Be I, I More power to you, I think that's amazing. I wish I could handle planning a whole other thing, but I couldn't. So, plus it's just like a lot. And it's a lot to put on other people when they have lives, they have jobs. To expect them to plan an entire trip for you is a lot. I don't know. Everyone's different. But for me, for us, that's what made the most sense was for us to cut that. And then I think the only other things I have before I get to your questions, some things that I have utilized on my process of planning that's helped me a lot is Etsy. That's where I got my most of my invitation. Like they have so many programs where they're like, they have like a stencil or something that you can work from and change your fonts and things from that. So, and they're very cheap. So I would recommend that if you're wanting to get a little bit more personal with what your invitations look like, Etsy was amazing. We also did a little like watercolor venue drawing, which was not super expensive um, from Etsy, which was great. And I think it just gave it a little bit more personal touch. Canva, we all know it, we love it. I'm using it for everything. I actually made my own wedding invitations on Canva by putting everything together. And then I could decide on two fonts for the wedding that are just like, these are our fonts. We'll use them for our menus and our seating charts. And so I stuck to two fonts so then I can plan and figure that out way easier. So I would definitely recommend that. Obviously Pinterest, I live on there, but also just know like your wedding doesn't have to look like Pinterest. Pinterest is going to break your bank if you follow everything to a T so just like keep that in mind with Pinterest. Um, my friends, I, again, like I reached out to many people who maybe aren't like even coming to my wedding, but they were more than willing to help and they were awesome. So I'm very thankful for them. Um, TikTok, I utilize a lot for ideas and things, but I've gotten to the point now where I just flip through those videos where they're like 20 things you should have for your wedding or here's the things that I did wrong. Flipping through right now because I'm at the point where like I can't add any more things and I can't listen to it anymore. So I'm just like moving along love this content, but I can't, I just get to in my head. So I'm skipping through those ordering things like stamps online. Stamps are so expensive right now, but you can get forever stamps from like the USPS website or something from like, mine are from like 2011. And they are much cheaper in 2011 than they are now and they still work. So get some freaking stamps online. And also people just rip up the stationery anyways, I don't really care. So I would do that. Um, other sites like Second Look is a really great site. I learned about the, them through Betches Brides. So basically, it's kind of like a Poshmark, but it's all for bridal stuff. They, It's a bunch of brides go in there and they resell their outfits. A lot of them are like really nice designer stuff that they're selling for much cheaper because they've worn them one time. Second Look is a great website. I'll link them. Poshmark, a lot of people sell stuff. So if you, there's a certain brand that you like, I would just like type in the brand and Poshmark and see what's available. Because again, a lot of times people have worn these things one time. Um utilize sales like president's day sale black friday sales whenever there's a sale going on or you know a sale is coming up be ready with what things you're trying to buy like know that you need an outfit for a bachelorette party figure out what that outfit is and wait for it to go on sale that's helped a lot we're using revelry for our bridesmaids they're amazing they have so many options and i started off thinking i wanted everyone wearing the same thing but luckily with revelry there's like so many different options for people and I love that everyone's now getting to wear a dress that they're super comfortable in which is great and they can kind of like show off their own style we're also using studio suits for our groomsmen I'm still waiting on for some of their measurements so 
TBD on whether we're ever going to order those, but we're using studio suits. They're great because Nick wanted a unique look instead of just like the normal stuff. So it's a little tougher to rent, but their prices were pretty good. So we're using them. Um, other things, like I said, Betches Brides is a great podcast to utilize. The Knot has a great timeline that I've been kind of bouncing off of, of like what to do six months out, five months out, like all they have a full list. So I would check that out. Um, what are we DIYing? We're DIYing our pots that are going to go in the middle of the round tables. We're DIYing. Technically, we bought like ordered a bunch of candles. So we're technically DIYing that, but we just ordered candles from a different site. DIYing wedding signs. Nick is loving me for this. He's just loves his life. Um, I DIYed all of our stationery, all of that stuff and little things like my wedding sneakers so we DIY a lot, but I also love DIYing. So again, if you're that type of girl, go for it. If not, hire out. I know a big thing for brides especially is the prep of your wedding and what you're supposed to look like and the pressures of that. I have not dieted <laughs> or technically I'm three months out, but almost basically two. So I'm planning in the next month just to watch certain things. I, I, I got this advice from another friend but she really focused on what made her body feel the best. So not necessarily like cutting things out or like not um, going on a crash diet or anything crazy. But she recommended like know what things that you're allergic to or make your stomach hurt or make you blow or things like that. Stop eating those right before your wedding. And that can just be things like, I don't know, chickpeas for me. Instead of being like, I'm going to cut out sugar and alcohol and all the things that are fun and I'm not going to do anything and I'm just going to stay in my house and exercise like that sounds horrible. And this is like the most exciting time of your life. So like why waste it by like putting pressure on yourself to looks a way that you're that's not realistic. So she recommended to just like know what those foods are that work for you and eat more of those. So we'll eat a little bit more clean, but not cutting out things like sugar. I'm, I'm going to have a bridal shower here soon. I'm not going to not eat cake, you know. So those kind of things. I also made the choice to take out my hormonal IUD a couple like a month ago because I was breaking out a lot and skin was something that's very um, important to me. So I wanted I knew that was making me break out. So I decided to cut that out. And luckily, my skin is starting to finally go back to normal. So that's made a huge difference. Getting very clear on like what skincare works for me. I think that's something that's important. And I think I'm just trying to eat healthy. But again, I'm not crash dieting. I have found for me in the past that when I become obsessed with something or like dieting or anything like that, that's like not really healthy, it ends up doing the opposite for me. Like it ends up making me hold on to weight or bloat or feel uncomfortable in my body. And that's not a fun place for anyone to be. So I'm consciously choosing to not go crazy before the wedding. So I think my focus will just be eating things that make me feel good. Vegetables, still eating carbs, still doing my normal workout routine, not really doing anything else crazy and just finding the foods that make me feel good and not putting too much more pressure on it besides that. So yeah, we're two months out. I still have all of the like little things to do, but we're in a good place. I think because I booked so much at the beginning, now we're kind of a place that we're coasting, but I know all those like little expenses are about to come up and like little things that we have to do like seating charts and all that fun stuff. So that's coming up for us. Dress fittings, hair and makeup trials, solidifying ceremony stuff, vows, 
making sure everyone has their tips set aside, which is also super fun. So just keep that in mind for your budget because you're gonna have to tip a lot of people. Um, I don't know exactly. I'm not going to sit here and tell you exactly what those people are because I'm not fully sure yet. So go online and check all those sites that have those all listed out for you. Um, and here's some things that I've discovered about planning that I wish I knew before. One is don't break the bank based on what other people's realities are. You're going to see a lot of cool videos on social media. You're going to see a lot of things that look really cool. And then you're going to think, oh, I need to have that at my wedding. No, you don't need it. You're going to be fine. It's okay to have a normal wedding and not have something that's like super extravagant. It's going to get you, like I said, on carrots and cake. You know, it's okay to have a normal, beautiful wedding and just don't let other people's realities that aren't your reality and you know it is what it is don't let that determine what you think you're supposed to have on your day it's your day it's not their day it's not social media's day like keep your eyes on the prize and that's something i need to hear for myself i should have outsourced earlier i should have trusted other people and asked for help more i think that's really hard is that you feel like you have to do everything yourself you feel like you're the only one that cares about it but figure out projects that you can give to your mom or your mother-in-law or friends that are not like die hard like you need to do them like little things that they would are be willing to help you with I think outsource as much as you can within reason spreading things out I wish I didn't try to do everything at once I wish I spread it out because it can be super overwhelming when you're thinking of the whole picture at once it becomes like so overwhelming you're like oh my god this thing has this much i still have to do this i still have to do that just one thing at a time or break it up by months think like i have two tasks that i have to do this month and that's it don't worry about anything else break it up <sighs> give yourself more credit you're doing a great job this is not easy <laughs> and no one's gonna get it like another bride but like give yourself more credit you're doing awesome you're doing a lot of hard work you're balancing a lot of things like be proud of yourself give yourself little wins take breaks treat yourself sometimes. Like just the other day, I was like, I'm going to let myself buy a couple of outfits because I have the money set aside. I'm not going to freak out about every little cost. Like I'm going to buy myself an outfit, little things, you know, things like that. Stops putting so much pressure on yourself. I have so much, I like, I'm a perfectionist and I want the day to be perfect. I want everyone to have a good time. I want to be really happy with how things turn out, but like to a certain extent, you can't put so much pressure on yourself. Like it's too much for one person to take on. So again, give yourself the wins, know that you're doing a good job, try and take the pressure off when you can and tell people that you're overwhelmed. Like tell people that you need help. Tell your vendors, tell your friends, tell your maid of honor, tell your mom, like someone has to help, you know? It's just like lean on those people that you love in your life. Nobody reads anything. So just be prepared for that. Take a deep breath before you answer people's questions. No one's going to read shit. They're not going to read your website. No matter how much time you put on, into it and how much pressure you put on yourself to give every detail, they're not going to read it. So just like deep breath before you answer texts because they will come. You'll get them and you'll be like, no one reads. Um, let's get to some of your questions. Uh, the hardest thing to plan for wedding planning. Managing your expectations, little things that come up that you would never think about. That's why I do recommend having someone like a wedding planner or coordinator who can kind of give you what those things are. They're going to be specific to where you're getting married. Um, and just the pressure of it, a lot of it being on yourself. It's it's not easy. And I feel for you guys, we're in this together. Um, should I have no bridal party or have friends upset with me? I have a huge bridal party. Um, 
but I also took the pressure off my bridal party where I'm like, we don't need to do a bachelorette party. Don't worry about it. Um, if you don't want to get your hair and makeup done, fine with me. Figure it out on your own. That's cool. Whatever you want to do. Um, I just took those things off of them. So that's helped. Um, but bridal parties are a lot. You have to think like just getting them a bag, like everything, say you get a bag that's $10 and you have nine people. That's $90 for a freaking bag. So like a lot of things add up. So the more people that you have, the more money it's going to cost. So those are just things to think about before you're sending out those bridesmaids boxes. Um, if you don't want a bridal party, don't have a bridal party. There's other ways to go about it where you could just have people getting ready with you on their day. They don't have to be your bridesmaids. They could just be like coming to hang out, have champagne and having breakfast with you. And then you can just take pictures with your fiance and your family. You don't have to like have them be like set in stone bridesmaids. There's ways around it. So I think if you don't want them, don't have them. But there are other ways that you can utilize friends and having parties and stuff where they don't have to be like your set bridesmaids it's gonna it's gonna whatever works for you is what matters and plus you're saving a lot of people money if you're not having them be in your bridal party so at the end of the day they will thank you for that how to not go crazy with wedding planning i think i'm stressing my i'm overstressing my wedding i would just say know that you're not alone break things up like i said before outsource earlier ask for help and take some breaks off the social media when you just see so many different things that people are doing and you think you need to have them. I just say, take a step back and look at the bigger picture when you can. Are you providing transportation for guests from the hotel to the venue? Most of my guests are flying in and I can't decide if it's necessary. I would say if you're having an out of town wedding or it's a little difficult to get to your venue, we're having transportation just for a wedding day, not for events like the rehearsal dinner or stuff like that. Um, I would say it is nice to have, especially if it's like an area that's weird for people or they don't, they've never been there before, or if it's a small town, like how ours is, or if cabs aren't readily available, I would recommend it. And it doesn't have to be like a limousine, you know, it can be like, we're using like a retirement homes buses. Like it doesn't need to be that glamorous. They're just getting from point A to point B. We actually were at a wedding where someone would use this school bus, which was so adorable and actually was like a big hit. And not glamorous at all, but it was just really fun. So I, I think if there's ways to go about it where it doesn't have to break the bank and it doesn't have to be like crazy, but I think it is nice to have. Um, and then what we're doing is we're having like set times for the buses. So like our venue is again, a little weird. So there's not really like Uber. So we'll have the buses that we have and then they'll have like, oh, if you want to leave early, you got to get on this bus. And if you want to leave when everyone else leaves, you're getting on this bus. So I think it's nice, but you can, if you're not wanting to do that, then I would just give like a cab recommendation for people or like a lift code or something. If you want to help in that way, like give them a discount or whatever, how to get in-laws to stop inviting people without asking first. Uh, if you're over budget and they're just like adding all these people onto your list, be like, okay, well, that's fine. But can you give us, it costs this much money per person. I hope you understand that we need some more money here. So like, do you give us, if you can invite all the people you want, if you're going to pay for them to come, you know, I think it's, if they're just inviting people like that, that is super rude. So have a conversation and you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to money. So just level with them. Be like, okay, well that's fine, but I need you to pay for them to allow kids to come to the wedding. Can't, it can add up if everyone brings kids. The rule that we have is if they're in the wedding, they can come. So that for us is two, two little girls, um, the two flower girls. So they're in the wedding or, it has helped us too. Like if they're in our bridal party, then their kids would be allowed to come, but like just ask us first. 
And most people are like, no, we don't really want, we want a break from the weekend. We're going to leave our kids at home. So that's been our rule for having kids. Like if they're in the bridal party or if they're physically in the wedding, then totally. But if not, then thanks so much, but no, thank you. Or if you have that, you're going to need to probably have like a babysitter because if you have a bunch of kids at your wedding, people are going to be leaving early because they have to like go home to their kid if they have to like put them to bed and stuff. So I would just recommend getting a babysitter if you are wanting to have a bunch of kids, which costs more money. Where to draw the line for plus ones when all of your cousins have a boyfriend or girlfriend, do they all come? We are drawing the line at like if they're engaged or if we've met them and like they've been together for a long time. All of my cousins are younger than me. So it's, I think, easier for me to be like, your girlfriend from high school can't come. So sorry. So it just kind of depends on the case. That's what's worked for us. Again, take every piece of advice with a grain of salt. I know every situation is different. I know everyone has a unique situation, but um, do what's going to make sense for you guys. But I would say a general rule of thumb is if you've met the significant other, they've been together for a while or they're engaged, that's usually works best. And it's a good way to dial it down i don't think they all need to be invited i think it's fine especially if they're there with their whole family like they have people that they can hang out with it's fine this last question is where are you designing such printing paper goods for wedding day we did all of our stuff like i said on etsy or canva we printed with the site prints of love i loved them because they they'll give you like a little mock-up before they send things to print so if something doesn't fit within like the five by seven and something's hanging off they'll send it to you and like let you fix it before they send it to print and plus they let you do like a little you can order a sample so before that you order 150 of them you can order a sample and they'll send it to you first so i loved them and i just ended up ordering everything through them i think it was cheaper to print through them than it was through canva and i tried to use costco's website but it was like really confusing to me and i just didn't trust it. So that's what I would recommend. Um, that's all your questions. Thank you guys for getting here. If you uh, listened for this long, like I said, every wedding's unique. Everyone's different. Everyone has a different reality of what's available to them as far as resources and like money and things like that. But just know that you are not alone and it's going to be the best day ever, whether no matter what happens. And these are things I'm again, just telling myself and know that your wedding doesn't have to look cool on social media. You know, it doesn't. That is one of the main things I think has been the most difficult, especially in this time period of wedding planning is like, there are so many things that people have that look cool that you would want or things that you think that you need you have because they are so available on social media. I think we, I think it's okay to be realistic and, simple with things because at the end of the day it is one day of our lives even though it's super special it's really not necessary to go insane over it spend all of your money get in fights with your fiance about it it's really not it's not that deep i guess is the best way i can describe it i hope this was helpful um you guys can always reach out to me on instagram at sydney lotuaco l-o-t-u-a-c-o or at our something to share podcast instagram because even though i was on the bachelor or whatever i do feel like i am just a normal girl and i'm navigating this very interesting process in as a realistic way that i can so if you have a question for me or some need more advice on something don't be afraid to reach out i do love to DM back and forth with you guys and keep the conversation open. That is it for me today, you guys. I did my first solo. Yay. Um, thank you so much for being here. Please share the episode if you found it helpful. Tag us on social media. And we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Bye.
that is it for me today you guys thank you so much for being here and for listening before you go make sure that you rate review follow subscribe so that you never miss an episode and in the spirit of sharing be sure to share the podcast with a friend or give us some love on social media and tag us at something to share podcast on instagram see you next wednesday